Welcome to the Hello Happy Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Luke. Join us each week as we talk about family, fun, and faith. Hello, everybody, and a welcome to the Hello Happy Podcast. We are so excited that you're here today for a number of reasons, because us, probably like many of you, are quarantined in our homes. Well, quarantined is a strong word. Self-quarantined? We, we, are, we are staying home. I mean, I guess it's accurate. We're being cautious. We do not have coronavirus, <laughs> right. to be clear, <laughs> but we are trying not to catch it, right. basically. It feels like quarantine. It does, especially with, with children that have, that, I mean, haven't been in school in weeks because our kids were on spring break the week before all this happened. So they've been out of school for two straight weeks now. And I feel like they think they're just kind of on like a permanent vacation. They haven't, it hasn't really clicked in that they're missing school yet. And let's just say we are going to have fun and talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, but we do, we do realize uh, coronavirus is very serious. Uh, for a lot of people, it has impacted a family member or themselves. Um, and so we're not trying to make light of that situation in any way, shape, or form. Or prayers go out to those folks who are impacted by it, not only directly from the illness itself, but there are so many people now with stores closing, restaurants closing, um, that are impacted now by work. Right. I think I've received no less than 10 to 12 emails a day from brick and mortar stores saying that they're closing their doors for a minimum of two weeks. Um, all the school districts in our city um, are on extended leave, I think most till April. So it's just kind of a day by day type situation right now. Yeah. So, so prayers to all those folks, um, you know, be smart. I think this is one of those times in life that requires a little bit of balance. Um, you want to be cautious. You want to be safe. You want to be smart same time, you don't want to be fearful. And so um, there's that. Let's try to have some fun and not just talk about all the depressing news that's out there. Absolutely. And what do we always do at our house? We've shared this with you guys before. When we want to have some fun and we want to find out more about what's going on in people's day, and that is the high-low game. So we're going to play a quick game of high-low. Okay, Luke, go ahead and kick us off. What is your high and your low? And this is kind of the high-low quarantine edition. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start with the low because I like finishing on high. My low is people complaining. So if this is one of you listening to us, I'm... Don't be offended. Don't be offended. But let me just give a mini little rant here on two groups of people during this quarantine. The first group that I have is just Americans in general who, when we're complaining about being quarantined, this group of people who are, one, not sick, two, not financially impacted, three, are pretty decently well off so that they're sitting in a house with Wi-Fi, video games, Netflix, Hulu, a backyard, toys, food, you name it, and then they're sitting there going, this is so hard, I can't take this. When I hear this, I'm like, is this really how weak we are as a generation? That when we're five days into us having to hang out at our houses with our families, food, money, and all the material things you could want, that we're losing it. That, that is driving me nuts. A second group that fits into this complaining group, and this is probably where I'm going to step on toast, so I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Nothing but love. Just, I got to say it. To the parents who are complaining about having to stay home with their children. If your children are making your lives terrible because they're not well behaved and they're crazy, guess what? Those are your kids. <laughs> if you can't be in a house with your own offspring and somehow function, I don't, uh, I don't know. It just, it drives me nuts. This is spoken from a man who's never at home with his kids full time. Oh, that's crazy. I am at home with our kids all day, every day. And so. I, but I would not, I would not group you in. Like, I'm not saying that there aren't moments throughout the day where you're like, "Oh my gosh, it's so loud, it's so crazy," or you're tired of hearing the kids bicker. Because how many times have I called you, like in the middle of the day, almost in tears, like this is a hard day. Right. No. I, I look. I'm. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying <laughs> I see maybe, some people. Can you send your critique out to the dads? Maybe. Can you just maybe? No, no. No. I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, there are some dads out there who, you know, they they act like it'd be an impossibility to watch their own kids. That I don't understand. So before we lose all the listeners, because I've offended everybody. Let me go ahead and transition to my high. Uh, my high is there's this unique opportunity we have right now, forever how long this lasts, which right now where we're at, it seems like at least, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe more, uh, to build our own routines. And I'm kind of excited about that because, like, um, there is a little bit more time you have because, you know, for me, I still have to work, but... Um, I don't have my morning drive, which I think I'm in the car like an hour in the morning. I don't have my drive home, which is another hour. Um, lunchtime's here at the house. So, so there is like these added hours of time now being at the house to do either, you know, straighten things up or do something with the kids or um, work out. And so I'm kind of excited about at least that portion of the opportunity to maybe create some new habits. Um, so, yeah, I think those are my highs and lows. All right. Thank you. We've shared about enough. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so for my high, I talked a little bit about this on Instagram, and um, without getting way too sappy about it, I had this experience the other night when I was thinking about how everyone in the world is experiencing the same exact thing that we are at the same time. I don't think we'll ever experience anything like this again, hopefully, <laughs> in our lifetime. And what that has brought out is a unique opportunity where everything is canceled for everybody, <laughs> which means there's no sports. I think all the guys know that. <laughs> there's no sports. There's no concerts. So what I found on Instagram are artists. I'll use um, One Republic as an example and Ryan Tedder. They are all quarantined right now. So what are they doing? Every night they're playing a live concert for you. And they're giving you all of the behind the scenes secrets on each song that they wrote. And they're doing covers and they're telling you about their experiences and how they came about writing what they did and why they did. It is literally, it's just so cool. And then during the daytime, you have children's storybook writers like Mo Willems and the Pete the Cat author 
that are sitting down with your kids and they're reading them books <laughs> and they're teaching them how to draw their characters. So I won't go on and on, but I'll just say that there is some happiness and something really cool to take out of this experience. And, and building off that, it's kind of interesting, like your point, the whole world going through something. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been so divided lately, especially in America, that it's, you, you kind of wonder, like, could this, and I'm probably being too optimistic, but this is the Hello Happy podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, will there be some common ground that we have because we're kind of all weirdly going through this moment? Like, it's weird to see, like, I follow The Rock on Instagram, and he's always, like, he, he's always amazing to me because, like, he works out, he's producing three films, he's starring in one, he's got a game show on, he's making clothes, he's got, you know, like, the guy's everywhere. And and you see him on Instagram every day, and he's like, so, I guess I got some time, let's spend 20 minutes together. And you're like, whenever is this guy free? So, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting. It's definitely a cool thing. I'm excited to see, coming out of this, how many people have learned something new picked up a new hobby or started their blog or jumped into doing a YouTube channel. I think it's um, an interesting situation. So my low is that my kids bicker daily. So so Nicole is part of my low. (laughs) So they bicker, (laughs) my kids bicker all the time. And I'm, I am, I am complaining about it. Um, I have just some like casual activities planned for them. And I can't imagine if I had nothing planned for them, how much harder it would be. Um, I, you know, I I know everyone has their own stance on how structured um, things need to be. And for some children, like my oldest, he really, he really enjoys and does well and thrives with a routine and structure. And so it's important to him that we have kind of a plan for the day. And um, I just, yeah. With my second um, and third, they're a little bit more just kind of go with the flow. But I do see value in having a plan and not just like winging it. So to each their own there. But anyway, all that to say, even though we have things planned, my kids bickering at each other gets out of hand. Baking banana bread. They're fighting over who gets to do what. Um, And in the car. And it's just... (laughs) It is just, it's, you know what it is? It's because they're never around each other all the time unless it's summertime. And so it's kind of like reacclimating to the dynamics of having all of your kids home at the same time. Yeah, because it's not like they fight all day. They're, they're also having like tons of fun. Right, right, definitely. But yeah, there's, it's, it's, you know, like Jake's used to a certain routine. He's used to a certain time where Ty's not here because Ty's still at school. And so he gets a little bit of run of house. Like, cause like Jake normally has kind of a what two hour window where Elle's napping, yeah. Ty's not there. Yeah, Jake really enjoys his own time, <laughs> and so throughout the day, I'll hear him be like, "Ty's bothering me. Ty won't leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to watch this show." Um, and then Ty, you know, he normally has a smaller window of free time because when he gets home, you know, it's what four. So now he's got more time to, you know, hang out, do stuff. So yeah, and if you have older kids, you know. Ty wants to play video games all day long. And so we do have to put a cap on that. And we have specific times where that's allowed. And I usually have him read five books before he's able to play for half an hour. But anyway, all that to say, we thought today we would discuss a little bit about siblings. 
Yeah, siblings are cool because, you know, especially once you have multiple kids, you start to realize the complexity of raising children because when you have just one kid, you get used to how they function, how they work, and then you start to go like, I got the hang of this. And I know for some people, their, their kids are very, very similar, but most people I know, the kids are different. And so it, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see the uniqueness that comes out of your children and how each of them have strengths, each of them have weaknesses. Uh, kind of referring back to what we talked about last week, love languages, each of them communicate slightly different than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so then you put those people together and you put yourself in the mix and it, it can get complicated. And it is one of those things that you kind of got to work out in your head to get good at. Right. I think just like we were talking about last week about relationships and communication, all of that ties in directly to um, your children as well, for sure. Yeah, so, you know, a couple things to think about and what we kind of wanted people to reflect on a little bit is I think the hardest thing for a leader, and that's what you are as a parent, you're a leader, is if you're very successful with one team or one child, you think you can lock in stone all of those tactics and then just apply them to every other team or every other child that you run into and they're going to work just the same. Well, and what is kind of funny is as someone who started a YouTube channel all about like giving moms advice and helping out, I started that channel when I had one, well, Jacob had just been born and I thought I knew the answers to everything and Jake was um, the one who was going to change mostly all of it for me. So, Yeah, and, and what you learn is there are foundational elements that need to stay the same. And there are, there are things that you need to lock in stone. So, for example, when it comes to, like, disciplining the kids, right is right, wrong is wrong. That is the same standard for all three of them. Um, we're not going to flex on those things. There's, there's a standard for behavior. There's a standard for respect. Uh, there are certain things in our house, like, that's the same for everybody. But... What does change is the way you communicate, the way you teach, uh, the way you get those lessons across to them. I struggled a little bit because Ty, uh, our oldest, was very easy to see emotionally react. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say he has a high emotional intelligence. And so if I'd get mad at him or if I'd be frustrated, you would see the reaction, which is apparent you kind of want, especially when you're brand new at the game, like you want to see it's getting through. And so I love that. Well, then, you know, our second one comes around, and he doesn't react to emotions the same. So you find yourself raising your voice, trying to, like, really drive it home, and you think that he's not listening. Right, because you're trying to to get the exact same reaction, the outward reaction that you saw previously. But you're realizing to do that, I have to do completely different behaviors. Right. Right. And then come to find out that a couple days later, Jake comes up to you and is like, I really thought about X, Y, Z, you know, and you realize that, oh my gosh, he not only heard, but he's been thinking about it. And here this, this whole entire time, I didn't even think he cared. And so that was, that was kind of an interesting one for me because yes, there are things that are going to be the same across the board. Um, And I would say the standards are the same across the board, but the tactics that you apply are not always the same. And it's funny because as a kid, I remember watching my parents do this, and I thought that was the worst. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but anybody grew up with multiple siblings in the house, you probably had that moment where you were like, wait a minute, 
that's not fair. When I do that, I get this punishment. Then he does it or she does it, and all they get is that. And I never understood it as a kid. I, I, I never never understood that. And now as a parent, I'm like, oh, I get it. Right. Yeah, because for Jake, for example, because he's such an active child, if he gets put in timeout as a punishment, it, to him that is like the worst punishment ever because you're making him stop his motion, sit down, stare at a wall. Um, and for Ty, it's super different. You could just say, like, I'm sincerely disappointed in you, and he'll start crying and, like, get super upset and regretful. So, um, yeah, definitely different tactics for sure. And, and just to clarify, we're not saying that there's different rules for everybody. Uh, the discipline is still so important to them to make sure that they understand they're held to a certain standard. But, again, it's, it's those different tactics to make sure really you're teaching them the way they need to be taught. I think the other thing that's really unique about when your kids have different strengths and weaknesses is undoubtedly you're going to have some that align to your own, right? So you'll see a strength and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm good at that too. And maybe you see a weakness. And I think this is the most painful. You see a weakness and it's your weakness. And you're like, oh, they got that from me. <laughs> um, but I also think it's very hard when their strengths and weaknesses are actually opposite yours. A good example of that is myself and Jake, our second kiddo. He is four years old and I am kind of a type A personality. I appreciate rule and organization. I don't like to be dirty. I like to be clean and organized and things like that. And Jake is a free spirit who loves being dirty. He, his whole motto really is like, if you're not dirty, you're not having fun. And so, um, for me, I've had to really, really let go. And, um, I mean, <laughs> I am actually really proud of myself because I have, over the course of his four years of life so far, really changed my whole parenting philosophy when it comes to what they're allowed to do, how they're allowed to do it. Um, you know, it's it's been such an interesting growing experience. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, Ty kind of fit more your, your mentality of, like, he doesn't really like to be dirty. Of course, he's changed as he's gotten older, but especially as a little kid. Like, he liked to be clean. Um, you know, he, he would very much listen to exactly what you told him to do. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of li- lined up perfectly for you. Mm-hmm. And then Jake came around and, like, Jake, I'll never forget one time we, <laughs> we gave the kid a granola bar. <laughs> and we look at the back seat, and he is covered in chocolate. And I'm like, how did he do that? He was digging the minute little pieces of chocolate out, then melting them in his fingers. And rolling them in his palms. And then, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was like, oh. you, could, you could not have found a way to be messier. <laughs> and I think I've said early in Jake's life, between the ages of like two and four, on multiple occasions, I've said, I think he's broken me. Like, I think that I am broken. I'm forever broken. And really, instead of broken, what I really mean is changed. And honestly, for the better. I think it helps me. I think it's made me a more well-rounded person. And I'm forever thankful for that. Because it's easy to stay within your comfort zone and what feels comfortable and routine to you. Um, I just think it's such a cool thing when you know, your kids help you grow as a parent. And that's what I'm looking at this as. And now... 
I almost swing too far the other way. Where I'll like give him an ice cream cone in the car and be like, just let him. It's and sometimes fine. I'm like, what? Wait, what did you just do? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it is cool because you you always have to remember as a parent, you know, and, and not to, I always tell this to people like we are all broken, all of us. We all have our our own hangups, our own mistakes, our own you know brokenness, and you tend to think as a parent you've got it all under control, but sometimes your kids help you get past your stuff. And so, like, what I, I love about Jake is that same factor that's wild and crazy um, and can create mess. It's the exact same spirit that, like, the kid can make anything fun. Like, he, he has this amazing gift where you can put him anywhere doing almost anything, and he will find a way to make it some fun, enjoyable thing. And, and I think that's another thing you have as a challenge as a parent is your your job's not just to stop them from doing their bad behaviors. It's also how do you help them grow at what they're good at? How, how do you take that thing that they're naturally strong at and go, like, how do we soup that up? Mm-hmm. So, like, that doesn't just become something you naturally are okay at, but, like, this becomes a real strength in your life, that you're creative, that you're artistic, that you're, you know, charismatic, that you're fun. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's another thing you're challenged as a parent is go like, okay, how can I help this become even better? Right. And I think we hear that from teachers. Teachers are so good at acknowledging your kid's strengths and saying, help him live within his strength. That's the best way to help him learn. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely key. And I did want to say, we have not mentioned our third child at all in this conversation, L. And that's because she's two years old and she's wilder and crazier than Jake. So we're, we're still figuring out what that is. <laughs> right. Know. Cause at two, you're like, you, you hit, you get hints. It is between the ages of two and four where you really start to see a personality develop. Right. That, that first couple of years, you kind of like, you see some stuff, but yeah, between two and four, you're like, Oh, so this is who you are. Like it really starts to show itself. We could tell early on though. She's definitely on the wild side. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I would say about the siblings piece that I think is cool is also looking back, you know, having all your kids be one way or the other. And I don't, and I'm really big on like, I don't think there's a preference. Uh, um, you're super structured people. Yes, there's certain things that are going to make super easy for you in life, but then there's also going to be some negative that comes to it with like go with the flow, taking chances, taking risks, those kind of things. Right. Um, and then vice versa, right? The go with the flow people, they're always having fun, always finding ways to do things. At the same time, they, they bring a bag of weaknesses. I think the, great, the best analogy for this is getting Ty to go down the slide when he was two years old. He wouldn't go. Like he would, he would like sit right at the edge of the slide. I want to say two. He was probably like one, one or one and a half. And he would not go down the slide. And so I pushed him down the slide. She threw him. No, she I did just... not. I gave him a gentle nudge, and he, for years, was like, I can't believe you shoved me down the side, Mom. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jake, I mean, could barely even walk, and he was flying down the slide. However, he is more prone to getting hurt. So I just think that's a, a good analogy to explain. But so, so what I thought was initially you kind of root for them to be the same so you can use the same tactics. Mm-hmm. But I am so glad our kids are different because there is an unbelievable beauty when 
you see them change each other, right? One of them will take a risk that maybe the other won't. But because my brother did it, I got to go too. Mm -hmm. And and you see other times where one wants to take a risk that maybe would be stupid or dangerous. And the other one's like, hey, think that through. And and when you get to see that beauty of self-correction, because they have a love and respect for each other. You know, they want each other in their lives. Um, that's a cool thing to watch those different personalities play off of each other. And, and, and so I think it's just one of the things, like, being a parent, I think one of the biggest keys is, yes, you're going to have a lot of great instincts for it. But also learn, study, um, pay attention to what your kids are good at, how they communicate, all those things. And then think about how do you get better at that kind of stuff. It is so true what you're saying about how they encourage each other to do things that are outside of their comfort zone. And I can't wait to see as they grow up really what that translates to as they get a little bit older too. No, I think that you get excited about that. Like, do you ever, do you ever find yourself like looking at them and going like, what grownups are these going to be? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, grownups, I'm thinking about like teenagers, like is 13 and 15 years old. I don't know. No. And when I think about like them coming to my house one day and what careers they'll have, what, you know, uh, what their kids will be like. And then my, my deep, deep, deep hope, um, I mean, besides my first hope of them being, you know, deeply in love with God and building the kingdom is I, I just hope they're best friends. Yep. Yeah. Well, so we'll close out the show with a little bit of a, a devotional here on faith. Um, and I'm, I'm going to kind of jump tangentially back to where we were at the beginning of the show talking about coronavirus and just um, there's a verse I love. Uh, it, it's 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And I really think when we look at the environment we're in, um, all of us handle this differently. So I know some people who are very flippant about what's happening and are like, oh, overreaction, this is silly. Um, and I know a lot of people who are very, very, very stressed, especially those who either have family members with illnesses or they themselves have one of those conditions where if, if you get coronavirus, it's, it's more dangerous. And probably a lot of us are somewhere in the middle. And what I can tell you is everybody feels a little bit uneasy because our world's changed. You know, there are no sports on TV. There are restaurants that are closed down. You don't see people gathering together. A lot of people are work from home. Um, and a lot of these things are going to have impacts and ripples way down the line from now, too. Right, and it's not short term. I mean, for a lot of us, it's a week-to-week thing. But I think most people are saying, probably in this for another month at least, of extreme difference in behavior. Hopefully that's it. But even after that, to your point, how long before we're all feeling comfortable being back in a movie theater or at a football stadium or, you know, any of those things? And so with 2 Timothy 1.7, I just want to encourage people. One, if you're a believer, we believe the Spirit of God lives in us. And that Spirit that He gives us, it's not from our own creation. It's a Spirit He gives us. It's a Spirit that shows one power. And that means that even when the world around you is changing, even when the circumstances around you are out of your control. You know who you are. You know what your identity is. You know who your Lord is. 
and you don't let those important things in your life get changed by the circumstances around you. Second, that spirit is a loving spirit, which we've talked a lot about in our episodes. Uh, Love is that joyful sacrifice for another. This is another time for us to think about what can I do that's the most loving? Is me staying home the most loving? Is me, even though I'm not maybe super scared or worried about this, but trying to minimize my contact with people, is that loving? Um, the way I'm buying groceries, <laughs> the way I'm, you know, stocking up on things, the, the, you know, are we thinking about a neighbor down the street who maybe they're elderly, and so for them to go out is a bigger risk than you. Hey, c- could you make a trip to the market for them? Um, are we thinking about, in these moments, how we can share love? Um, I, th- I think... You can look at these kind of moments, why I was calling moments of darkness, in two ways. You can either let that darkness um, overcome you, and then it makes your days dark. Or you can look at that darkness and go, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to let the light shine and be that light that shines in the darkness and won't be blotted out. And so I encourage you, look for those opportunities. I mean, Nicole talked about it earlier. It's, it's a little bit of love that you see from these artists who are like, hey, let me get on and sing my favorite songs. You know, is that changing the world? I don't know, but you know what they're thinking? This is what I'm good at. Maybe this is helpful. And then lastly, self-discipline. I think self-discipline is probably one of the biggest things we all need to think about right now because our routines have changed. And most of us, I'd say almost all of us, are creatures of habit. We may have weirdly different habits, but we're all used to our normal. And right now that normal's gone. And so forever long this lasts for you, I would encourage you, be disciplined, right? Don't let, don't let the quarantine be the one where you gain 50 pounds and you don't get dressed every day and you don't do anything to make your life better or stronger. Uh, don't let it be one where because your church maybe isn't meeting in person that you stop worshiping or you stop reading or you stop growing. Have the discipline to control this time and go, you know what? I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to get closer to the Lord. I'm going to make my family stronger. I think if we have that spirit of power, love, and self-discipline, we will come out of this. We'll come out of it strong. And maybe we'll even come out of it just as better, stronger people. And I think that's the hope that we all have to have. Well said, Luke. Well said. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. And we wish each and every one of you blessings of health and well-being And we look forward to connecting with you guys again next week. Thanks for spending some time with us today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find more content at Hello Happy Mom on Instagram or at my blog, hellohappymom.com.